big numbers in the big games, and the Big Ten is out. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks for tuning into Locked On Big Ten, your first listen every single day and everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every day. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, the Big Ten is out of playoff contention. Despite getting two teams in, both lose in the semifinal games in big fashion, too. A couple of classic matchups that we had in the the matchups that we had on New Year's Eve. We're going to get into all of it right here as we start off the show on Locked On Big Ten. It's going to be a really, really interesting conversation to be had about how both these games played out. A reminder, though, before we get going, to subscribe to the show wherever it is you get your podcasts, or on Twitter, or on YouTube. Be sure to follow us at LockedOnBig10. It's 1-0 at the end when you're typing it out, not T-E-N. Once again, I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Let's dive into the first of the two semifinal games. Michigan against TCU, and it turns into an absolute shootout by the time we get to the end of this game. But it started out pretty much just about as bad as it could for Michigan. In fact, I'd argue all the way up until, oh, middle of the third quarter, you really didn't have a whole lot of evidence that Michigan was going to be able to come back and win this game. Uh... Michigan had not started well, was not scoring points early. J.J. McCarthy made mistakes, had that pick six early in the game, would have another one, of course, later on too. But Michigan starts off slow, gets down, what was it, 1 point, 21 to 6, and other deficits after that. And there were plenty of times in this game where it seemed like Michigan was just going to be out of it. But the Wolverines fought back and kept things interesting by the time we got to the end of it. But the beginning was really, really ugly. Aside from a few big plays, Michigan was not getting into the end zone. They settled for field goals. And on the other side, TCU was getting the job done. And it did not seem to be intimidated by the physical Michigan team that had been getting that signature after beating up on Ohio State a couple of years in a row. So Michigan goes off to the slow start. You get into halftime down big, and in the second half then, things just start to explode by the time we get to the end of the third quarter. I mean, I thought a lot about how I would try to go through and get to everything that happened in all of the sequences of things that happened throughout that game, and we've got plenty of things to talk about besides just the actual scoring that happened in this game too, but when you look at what actually happened here, In this short time in the third quarter and then start of the fourth quarter too, it was absolutely insane, the sequence of events that you had to get us to a point where we were at a really close game at the end and also a really high-scoring game, kind of out of nowhere too. Because when you look first at just all these play-by-play, if you look at the scoring numbers, again, 21-6 at halftime. 21-9 with the field goal from Jake Moody, and then with six and a half minutes to go in the third quarter, things just kind of explode. I'll read through the list here now. At 6.32 left to go in the third, 34-yard touchdown pass to Ronnie Bell, drive that lasts a minute and 12 seconds. Next, less than two minutes, no, just more than two minutes, a game clock later. Touchdown TCU, 75 yards in two minutes. Then TCU scores again, interception return. 
gets the Horned Frogs again back on the board less than two minutes later. Less than a minute and a half after that, Michigan, 20-yard touchdown run from J.J. McCarthy, 69 yards in a minute and nine seconds. This is all in the third quarter still. Then TCU scores again less than a minute after that. Max Duggan, three plays, 78 yards. He gets in on a one-yard score, 58 seconds on that drive. And then 48 seconds after that, Michigan goes 75 yards on three plays. Kyle Mullins, one-yard touchdown run, two-point conversion, and all of a sudden it's an 11-point game again. Then you start the fourth quarter, and you have Roman Wilson, eight-yard, 18-yard touchdown run. Michigan working with the short field that time. Then Quinton Johnston, a three-play, 79-yard drive again, less than two minutes into the fourth quarter. That's how many touchdowns? Let's count them up. One, two, three. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight touchdowns from six and a half minutes in the third quarter to 13 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. That brought us to a 48 38 ball game and totally out of nowhere with the way that this game had been being played so far. I said we wanted a shootout game and wow, did we ever get it! Michigan and TCU did battle. 51 45 final obviously tells the score by itself. But when you just look at what Michigan TCU did here just that one little time, I mean, that's unlike anything I've ever seen. Unlike anything I've ever seen on a college football field. 44 points combined is the most in one quarter in college football playoff history. And I, I'm sure it's all sorts of other records too. It has to be. I don't know all of them. But that was the one that was highlighted at least yesterday when it was happening. Michigan had the chances to win this game. Despite how many times they had been down, they fought back and were at a point where, again, 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter, not with, like, some little amount of time left, a full quarter left to play. They had this to a three-point ball game after being down what was 19 with less than a minute left to go in the third. That's an insane, insane turnaround for them. So for them to get back into it as many times as they did and never get up up, you give them the credit, but at the same time, you feel like it's a game that Michigan could have won. One, because, one, they had all sorts of chances to stop TC when couldn't, but also because of, of course, the couple of different questionable officiating calls that really, really changed the tide of this game. Uh, let's start, of course, with Roman Wilson, a guy who caught what I thought was a touchdown, what was called a touchdown on the field early in this game, and what ended up being overturned and ruled a player down at the one. You can talk about this as much as we want to. In my eyes, I'll just say what I think and move on. There is no way you can overturn that call. No way that there was indisputable evidence that he had possession of the football while he was down short of the goal line. And when you were watching it live, it looked like an easy touchdown. And I, I don't understand what the conversation could have been where you end up at the conclusion that that was indisputably not a score. But of course, Michigan then turns the ball over on the next play, and you can say all you want that that's the Wolverines making a mistake and they should have scored anyway. That's fine. But the point is, is that it swings the momentum in that game. It swings the score in what ended up being a six-point game. And then, of course, you have to talk as well about the call at the very, very end. Now, I don't know what happens in that football game the rest of the way if Michigan keeps possession and there's a targeting call made. But I know there should have been a targeting call made. 
And I know that Michigan, obviously, over the course of the last half an hour, hour in that game, had proven that they had the ability to get down and score again in the amount of time they had with the amount of yards they had, for sure. And they were not given that opportunity. I'm not going to be someone who goes as far as to say Michigan was going to win that game if that happened. That game had been crazy enough as is. Who knows? But Michigan didn't get the chance. And while you may, in the moment, and I in the moment too, said, man, it's tough that if that gets called targeting and Michigan keeps going and wins it that way, that would be a tough way for this game to end, this great, great game for targeting to affect it that way. I agree with that. But it happened. And it was going to impact one side no matter what. Either we were going to be talking about this here or the host over at Locked On TCU was going to be talking about it on his show and Locked On Big 12 on his. It ends up being us who gets the short end of the stick. And after especially what had happened earlier in that game too, for that not to get called after they go to that review and look at it, it seems really, really rough and really, really tough for Michigan to have to endure that loss that way. Michigan was playing in a way where they had a chance to win the game at the end. They had made the big comeback and taken every punch TCU had thrown at it. And it seems like they got the sword taken out of their hands in a way there at the very, very end, which is tough, which is really, really tough. But at the same time, it's really, really tough to say that that's how Michigan lost the game with how many things happened in that game. So... It's really, really rough to just say, hey, appreciate what you had in the season, Wolverines fans. Because Michigan's at the point now where after beating Ohio State twice and getting back to the top of the mountain, the reputation is such where this isn't good enough. Especially the way that Michigan lost this game. But at the same time, you can't say that it was just the officiating there that lost it for you. 51 points allowed did not happen only on the Stripes watch. So let's just put that aside for now. We're going to talk a lot more about that. We're going to have Stevenson Cox over with our Locked On TCU show to talk about and recap that early here this week. Got that set up to talk to him. So we'll have that soon. But we're going to talk now in just a second about what's going on with Ohio State. Uh, Buckeyes lose, of course, in dramatic fashion as well to Georgia. Where is this team at? Jay Stevens is someone else we're going to have on our next show, too. But my thoughts on what happened in that game here in just a second as we continue on Locked On Big Ten. Well, as we do continue here on Locked On Big Ten, a reminder that today's show is brought to you in part by LinkedIn Jobs. If you're someone who has a need, a position open, you can go to LinkedIn Jobs to make sure that you find the person that you want and is perfect for that position, not just whoever just happens to come by. Head on over to LinkedIn Jobs to post your job for free with the help of us here at Locked On. I got the job started working at Locked On through someone I met over at LinkedIn, so you know that you have the connections there. And you already know what LinkedIn is. I don't have to give you the kind of elevator pitch there. They have enough of a reputation already. So if you head on over to linkedin.com slash college and post your job for free, you can find the perfect person for your open position. It's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Also a reminder, a thank you to be for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single day. But also, once you're done here, be sure to head on over to Locked On Sports today 
for your second listen and a recap on everything going on in sports every single day of the week. We've got all of the biggest sports stories packed into 20 minutes or less. And if you want to get the expert opinions, we have our local hosts from all of the teams coming in to talk about whatever's going on every single show. So if you want that full expert analysis packed into 20 minutes or less, you can find it over at Locked On Sports Today. It's like what we do here at Locked On Big Ten and all the other Locked On shows, just with all of the sports world. All right, now let's move on to the other semifinal matchup and a heartbreaking loss for Michigan, a heartbreaking loss for Ohio State too. Really, really tough blow for them to take at the end. 42-41, to 41, the final score in favor of Georgia. This game won where Ohio State had it. Had it a couple of different times. A couple of different two-possession leads in the first half, in the second half, in the fourth quarter. We're up 38-24 to 24, and just end up losing this thing at the end. It was odd to watch them lose it because aside from just going cold a little bit at the end of the game and letting Georgia take advantage, this game was outstandingly played by both teams. That's the biggest thing you need to, I guess, try to get a silver lining out of if you're an Ohio State fan here. Obviously, the expectations are just like Michigan's, if not higher. You want to win these games. But losing by one point to a Georgia team that I've already said last week and will say again now, is in my opinion still the best team in the country? You've got yourself a really, really good football team there that proved it belonged there, first and foremost. That's the biggest thing more than anything. This was not a team that was getting lucky against Georgia. This is not a team that had things breaking the right ways for them. No. Ohio State ran with the best team in the country, the reigning national champions, the number one overall seed, undefeated, and had what was just a little bit more time. They probably maybe could have won that game. If there had been 30 more seconds of game time here, Ohio State maybe could have gotten close enough to get a comfortable field goal kick and take down the Bulldogs. Instead, it didn't happen. C.J. Stroud finishes 348, four touchdowns, 23 of 34 passing, an outstanding game from him. Did things that we had talked about on the last week's show, running around and throwing. Georgia, on that second touchdown pass to Marvin Harrison Jr., got pressure in from the inside, just like we were talking about. C.J. Stroud had to move around and run and throw something he had not been good at at all and hit Marvin Harrison Jr. on a dime. It was the kind of throw that he had been criticized for not being able to make by the advanced numbers, and he made it. He made all the throws that, for the most part, he needed to make. He was great, but it just was not enough this time. And now I have to ask myself, and we'll ask Jay Stevens this too when he comes on, what is the legacy of C.J. Stroud? Because you have at Ohio State a program where there's plenty of championship quarterbacks for them to talk about and plenty of people who had great success against Michigan for you to talk about, too. C.J. Stroud is going to be, depending on where the picks end up, a top-five draft pick, potentially. The second quarterback taken outside of Bryce Young. This is a situation where he's going to go and play at the next level, just like the Ohio State quarterbacks that were great before him. But he doesn't have that signature win. Never beat Michigan. Never won a college football playoff game. And those, as we also said last week, are the games that matter to Ohio State fans. I don't know how C.J. Stroud is remembered now. 
He should be remembered as what he is, a two-time Heisman finalist, someone that is on a very short list in people who end up getting to that point. He's been great from the start and consistently great. And you could easily argue Ohio State fans have been a little bit spoiled in just how consistently good he has been throughout the regular season, outside of the games against Michigan and the playoff game. I don't know how he ends up getting remembered in Ohio State with the Buckeyes, given the fact that he has that big blemish on his resume. He said it post-game, most fun game he's ever played. He killed it. Ohio State just could not quite pull out the win. That's the biggest takeaway for me here, is that even though you didn't win this game, the thing you need to know is that Ohio State proved it deserved to be that fourth team. There was not a whole lot of debate, I would say, going into this. Alabama, I guess, of course, was always rumbling there, but I think by the time we got to the actual selection Sunday, we had agreed these were the four best teams to put in. Ohio State, without a doubt, proved that it deserved to be in that game. No doubt about it. And that's your silver lining for Ohio State. If you're trying to find the silver lining for both teams, that's Ohio State's. It's a game that was played really even on both sides. When you look at the actual final numbers, I mean, just right here, C.J. Stroud, 348, Stetson Bennett, 398, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Ohio State, 119 rushing yards. Georgia, 135 rushing yards. This was a game that was evenly matched throughout. And these two teams did it in a way that was really entertaining, did it in a way that proved that these are two elite football programs, and you cannot take that away from either of them. Unfortunately, Georgia just ends up a little bit, maybe not even better, but with one more point by the time the clock hits zeros. That's at least my thoughts initially on Ohio State-Georgia. We're going to talk to Jay a lot more about the actual ins and outs of that matchup in the game, as he's going to be, of course, the expert on everything that happened with the Buckeyes there. That's coming up next time on Locked on Big Ten. We're going to wrap things up here in just a second on the program, but before we do that, a reminder that Bet Online is the number one place on the web for your betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Anything you need to know as we continue with college football playoff without the Big Ten, Still allowed to bet on it. You can head on over there to do that or bet on Big Ten basketball games. It's the new year, which means it's Big Ten basketball season. Always going to be great. Always going to be good lines for you to place your money on in Big Ten basketball, too. You can do that at Bet Online as well. Whatever you need to do and wherever you're trying to get a line on a game, you can find it at Bet Online. Head on over to their site right now, Bet Online, and get the betonline.net. Check that. And Go where the game starts. All right, a couple of notes just before we get finished here as we wrap things up. Uh, Big Ten schedule today. Men's basketball. Maryland faces off against Michigan. Iowa's against Penn State. Ohio State, Northwestern are the three matchups of the day. In wrestling, three teams, Minnesota, Maryland, and Purdue, are all at the Southern Scuffle in Chattanooga. Also got some women's basketball, too. We'll recap all of the scores on next time's next episode of Locked On and Big Ten. My bets for the day, if you're looking for Big Ten basketball, I've got Maryland. They're a pick right now at Bet Online over in Michigan. Iowa is plus two at Penn State. I've got the Hawkeyes. And Ohio State's minus two at Northwestern. I've got Buckeyes there, too. I'm picking all three road teams, which probably isn't smart. We went two for two in the bets over the weekend with three bowl games and the over, which, of course, did not hit. I should have known in the Iowa-Kentucky game. 
Those are my picks for the day. In recruiting news, one note to make, four-star 2024 point guard. We're talking basketball here. Delquan Warren out of Pennsylvania commits to Rutgers. He had other offers from Maryland, Ohio State, and the Big Ten, and also Alabama, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and others too. Big win for Rutgers there. Thanks again for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. Now that you're done here with our show, make your second listen Locked On Sports today. Peter Bukowski has everything you need to know about the sports world from the day before in 20 minutes or less with the help of our Locked On local experts. If there's something going on in the Big Ten, I hop on with Peter. You hear from it, hear about me from what's ever going on. You get the point. We've got the people that know everything and all the stories all packed into 20 minutes or less just the way that Locked On likes it. Head on over to Locked On Sports today to hear what I'm talking about. It's one-stop shop for everything that's happened in sports over the last day. That's all for the show here today. Be sure to tune in next time and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, probably where you're listening right now, unless you're on YouTube, in which case subscribe there too. And follow us on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten, one zero at the end, not T-E-N when you're typing it out. I'll be back tomorrow with Jay Stevens. We're going to talk about everything that happened in the Ohio State game against Georgia. That's right here on Locked On Big Ten.